You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Self-Publishing Journeys, episode number 125 for Monday the 29th of October 2018. My guest today is John Evans, who is a UK indie author who always wanted to become a writer, but suffered many false starts and unfinished projects along the way. The first three books are a Space Marine series about the adventures of the Royal Marine Space Commandos, Commando, Guerrilla and Ascendant, were co-written with his brother James. I met John at 20 Books to 50k in February of this year, and it's taken us a little while to catch up and finally get this interview scheduled. I began by asking John to walk me through some of those false starts and unfinished projects that plagued his early writing career. I wanted to be a writer from um, from the same sort of age as as, as everybody I hear interviewed um, says that, um, you know, I, I thought about being a writer when I was uh, at school. And... Uh, and I'd, I'd tried to think up plots that would be worth turning into a book. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'd, I'd, I'd made some start on writing um, things, mostly fantasy stuff, as, as I recall, although I don't actually have most of the files anywhere where I could, I could ever actually use them or look back over them because um, I don't know if you recall, recall a really ancient word processor called World, WordStar 1512. Oh my goodness. Did you do it uh, on that? Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got a secondhand PC from my, from my dad and it was, you know, so it was, um, it was, uh, floppy disks and, and so on. And it had, well, I think it was 20 megabytes storage on the hard drive. But, um, so I, you know, on and off over the years, I have tried to write. And I think it was in my, my early twenties when I tried to actually work out how you, how you really go about getting published. Um, and, and back then it was the um, writers and artists yearbook, which I'm guessing you've probably seen around. Uh, um, I have one, yeah. I have one on my shelf. And, it, and interestingly, John, I, I submitted my first book when I was nine, which was 1974. And yeah, the, advice, the, yeah, the advice <laughs> even then was get the writers and artists yearbook. You know, it's been around. Forever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I, I read that, quite diligently and I got a couple of um writing um you know uh craft books um although I can't for the life remember life of me remember which ones they are um and the living situation I'm in at the moment most of my books are in my parents garage and I'm just hoping that the mice haven't found them because <laughs> they've been there for years um so um yeah I mean that whole thing really really put me off just just trying to work out how on earth um i would you know go through that whole process of sending in physical manuscripts and um and you know trying to get past the gatekeepers uh it, you know it, it it's quite an intimidating thing to do um so i think that that's when i sort of stopped you know trying to have a serious crack at writing um a story and, and actually finishing it um yeah and you sound like you were in a traditional frame of mind at that point john that that sounds like you were going trad 
Well, yeah, that's that, that's what I was looking at because I, I mean that was way before Kindle and everything. You know, um, I'm I'm 41, so um, you know, uh, you know, this was this was when I was 20. So I don't even want to think, you know, <laughs> but, but, but mid 90s, mid to late 90s, when I, when I started actually trying to write things myself, um, the, the, you know, the, where I was trying to actually construct a, you know, what could be called a novel. Um, but I, I, as a kid, I was, a, um, I was heavily into uh, role playing games. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're a role player, then you, you get quite a good handle on story from that um and particularly if you run the games then you you know you're you're creating stories all the time or um as a player you are helping others create stories um so it it was natural for me to think of you know um ideas for for a story that would also be work as a novel um if you fact if you look at um margaret weiss and tracy hickman um i believe they wrote the the Dragonlance novels off the back of a, of a role-playing game that they were running. Um, so and I, I'm sure there's quite a lot of fantasy novels out there that, that have that sort of origin. Um, so, yeah, I, I was used to writing a lot of background, a lot about characters. Um, uh, in, and if, if you're interested in being a games master, you, you write that stuff, even if you never actually get to play that game with, with your friends, you know, even if it's, no, no, we want to play something different or somebody else is, is, is doing it, you know, is, is, is going to run a game. Um, so, you you know, you write loads and loads of stuff that you never actually use. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it would have been trad if I'd, if I'd had the the willpower to start submitting and trying to to see if I could find anybody who would be interested in reading the, the, the work I was writing. Really interested in what you say there about role-playing games because I know you know Claire Sager, who's been on this podcast too. And, yes. And clearly she, she writes um, you know, literature with an element of fantasy in it. And I'd never yeah. thought about that, that you're uh, – because my oldest son plays role-playing games too, so I'm sort of yeah. familiar with it from the outside. But I'd never thought of that about creating character, creating story, creating worlds. Never thought about how many of the – author skills are in that it's, it's actually a great start yeah i mean i and I, I i i've heard quite a lot of indie authors who've who've um talked about their role playing i'm pretty sure i've heard brian meeks talk about it and chuck manley's on keystroke medium um i'm pretty sure i've heard him talk about it as well but um actually i should stop listening to people because if i've got any of that wrong it'll just make me sound stupid um <laughs> no it's all right but, we get things wrong all the time you know, on this show we're very, very easy <laughs> yeah but um yeah, I mean, there are definitely an awful lot of um, of uh, fantasy and sci-fi writers, I suppose, in, in particular, who've who've got a role-playing um, background, and it it's it's a it, it's an extremely creative hobby, um, and I, I I think you'd you'd probably also find quite a few people have done um, amateur narratics or or something like that to 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 a level where they actually got quite involved, um, but you know. Even if you even if you don't have any of that kind of background, we all we all absorb stories, you know, a hundred percent of the time. They call us the storytelling ape, um, and that being one of the big the, the big differences between us and the other apes is our our ability to tell stories um, and, and and how that might have affected our evolution. It's it, it's it's quite important. So I think actually story comes naturally to human beings. Um, 
and uh, no, but there there are definitely things that that could have been happening in in your youth that would give you uh, a better handle on on how they work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so yeah. ha- having started out then on on this dodgy word processor, and yep. uh, uh, and then sort of been, it sounds like almost. Um, too too nervous to submit traditionally how did we make this transition then to to self-publishing what what was the kind of thing that lit the flame underneath you to think actually i can do this now yeah i mean i i had um a couple of years ago uh so how am i thinking uh 2016 i suppose i um got off and uh, redundancy from the job i was at which i i, I didn't enjoy in the slightest um, it was it was just a um, an office based job, um, and so I I took that uh, and I was looking for, uh, you know I, I was looking for things that I could do. And in in Wales, um, there's a thing called React training, which is a a, a grant to get people um, uh, some kind of training that will help them get into a new career or advance their existing career and, and get back into work. It's, is the idea so i used that to get some wordpress training um because i was thinking of of you know doing websites for people um and wordpress is you know as well you you know way more about wordpress than i do but you know it, it it's a good skill to have if you wanted to get into um in, you know into doing websites for people um but i also knew that if i if i did that i would uh I would have some skills that I could use for any projects that I wanted to do myself. Um, and then around that time, I started to find the indie author community and realized that I was, you know, to, to, I've had plenty of time that I could have been doing this and I could have been right there at the start of, um, of, of Kindle publishing and so on. Um, so I, I try not to think about that too much because it would have been, uh, it, it would have been very easy for me um, to, to 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 get straight into indie publishing, um, but uh, I'm I'm there now, and, and basically I, I I found podcasts. I found things like the um, the self publishing podcast with uh, Johnny, Sean, and Dave, and Joanna Penn, and uh, Mark Dawson, and yourself, and Chris Fox, um, and and you know a host of other people. Um, and once you find you know once you find that first thread, you just keep pulling on it until until you find the next piece of information and the next awesome podcast and, you know, the next, the next source that you can, you can go to. Um, and that, and that's how I ended up getting to, 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 to realize that it was now possible for me to evade the gatekeepers completely and just walk straight into the castle and, yeah, I think I've lost that metaphor somewhere, but you know, <laughs> you, you could, you know, you you do not need these people anymore, um, and you you don't have to, you don't have to get your start that way anymore, um, which was a lot more appealing to me. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to look for special sources of rejection. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in all everything about traditional it feels like school to me, and not in a good way. You know, that kind of you know scribbling over something saying it's wrong and judgmentally that's that, yeah that's how i feel about traditional that's you know and it takes me back to a not particularly joyous place at school when you're just being judged for everything all the time 
Yeah, absolutely. And and being being told that you know your what what you're doing is you know that 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 can't work. There's a lot of people out there have that whole myth of the starving artist that they 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 think that's how art should be done. Um, and I'm I am not a big fan of um, of what we do with with English um, a school in the UK. You know, I I don't think we approach it in the right way. Um, and I, I I think I think kids should be encouraged and. Uh, I, I do tend to think as well that we we give them very poor choices. Um, I, I like Shakespeare, but I don't like it because of school. If, if, if they'd kept at me long enough with the way they that the, the, they approach Shakespeare, I, I wouldn't like Shakespeare at all. It would it would frustrate me. Um, but uh, I I love the comedy, um, and I, th- I think I think that's a good example of how people can put you off and, and do you down. When I, when I was doing um, uh, A-level English literature, I wanted to do my, my, my big end of, end of course essay about, um, about something to do with fantasy or science fiction. But that idea was immediately poo-pooed because it, you know, but that's not real literature was, was basically their stance. Um, I don't know what they thought real literature was, but I, I, I do know that they wanted me to, you know, they, they, they made us do, uh, sorry, the, the Handmaid's Tale, um, which they told me wasn't science fiction, which still, you know, baffles me to today because I, I can't see how it's not science fiction personally, but, you know, um, yeah, it, it, I, I, I think people are put off um, the idea that they could be writers and they shouldn't be. Um, and we should we should be much more supportive of, of people who want to try writing something, um, and uh, yeah, no, I don't know, I've lost I've lost where I was going with that. But well, basically, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll chip in with a point because I I did an English literature degree and I love books all my life, and uh, but doing an English literature degree, all it left me with is not wanting to read for about three or four years, um, and um, you know, and and then. Um, because I, I, I'd read so much rub, well, rubbish stuff that I didn't enjoy. Uh, these are classics. <laughs> uh, but, no, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, you know, stuff like Middlemarch, and apologies if you like Middlemarch, but it's a, a, a Little Dorrit, which is a you know huge book. And But you had to read the blasted things, whether you liked them or not. And so it turned reading into something that wasn't always pleasurable. It was actually a chore a lot of the time, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that they've, quite understood that if you know if you, from my perspective if you want to make shakespeare accessible firstly don't don't sit the children down and have them read the play just just find the funniest play that you think they'll like which is going to be much about much ado or it's going to be taming the shrew um and and let them watch a good performance of it and don't make it laurence olivier don't make it don't make it older you know don't make it a, a, a production that was done before their uh, before their parents were born, just make it a good, solid, traditional performance. Um, and you know, the teenagers, you you you've got the boys, you've got the girls, and early on, they're not really getting on very well at all. Um, but the thing that they that unites their, them in their tastes is comedy. Everybody likes comedy. Um, not so much for Macbeth. And um, Anthony and Cleopatra, to me, Anthony and Cleopatra is about two quite unpleasant, stupid people. Um, and it, you know, I, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. Um, it, it, you know, I, the writing is very clever, but it, I, I think um, Shakespeare, you know, he was writing for 
he was writing to market. So he had to have comedies. He had to have tragedies. He had to have um, things like Henry V, which I, I, I do love because it's, you know, it's quite funny and it's, and, it, and it's interesting. Um, but I'm not a big fan of, you know, teen suicide. So I, <laughs> there are some of them that just, just, I have no interest in, but you know, he was, he was writing for what the Elizabethan audience um, wanted. Um, and they turns out they don't really want anything. They didn't want anything that's particularly different from what we want. They want the same stories told in a, told in the way of the, of the time, but you know, we're, we're still, we're still consuming exactly the, the same stories. If you like Romeo and Juliet, um, maybe Twilight is going to be your thing. Um, but if you like much to do about nothing, um, uh, you should be reading Terry Pratchett. You know. Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting take on it. When you um, sat down to kind of then tackle self-publishing, where where were you going? Were you always going with sort of fantasy? Is that what you wrote for your first book? Yeah, I, I, it, it, it is absolutely. Yeah, I, I wanted to. I've, I've, I've had one of those ideas that you have since you're since you're a teenager, and, and I had this this poorly conceived idea about uh, uh, a, um, a a fantasy world. There's going to be a big conflict between two continent-sized nations, um, and every every few months i'd think about that story and, and and how i could flesh it out but at the time that, that i started it i didn't really have any idea about story structure or um and i i, I didn't know what outlining was um so i knew i knew how to construct stories for role-playing games but that's that's very very it, it, it's useful experience but it's very different so um i was I was trying to work out how, how could I write that story? Because that was my, that's my pet project. That's, you know, there, there's a world there that I've been trying to, to build for a long time, for 20 years, re realistically speaking, at least probably a little bit longer than that, actually. Um, but I'd never, I'd never been methodical about it. Um, and I was listening to, I think it was probably self-publishing podcast. Um, and I think it was probably Garrett Robinson, and he he got he got himself in a similar situation. He had a, a world that he wanted to explore, um, but the the thought of, of of doing the massive epic fantasy books um, was you know it, well it, it is quite intimidating because they're they're almost always uh, very very large and complicated books, uh, and it's a lot for an author to to bite off. So he'd he'd said he was going to do um, shorter stories uh, within the same world so that he could explore the world and, and do the world building. Um, and, and then later on, he would, he would go to the main story that he'd been thinking about. Um, and uh, I thought, well, that's, that's could have been genius. That is, that's, that's, that's exactly what I should do. Um, so I, I came up with the, um, I tried to come up with a character who, who could work in the world um, that I could base some stories around and, and, and explore it. Um, so that's, that, that's how I, I, I sort of approached the first book. It's really interesting that you say that. I, I've got a story idea at the moment that I don't feel that I've got the skill to write yet. I don't think I'm there yet. 
um, it sounds a little bit like this is what you had with your story, that almost you carried it with you for so long, it was almost too big to tackle. So you needed to take a little chunk off first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I've heard you talk about uh, about yours as well. And I think if, you, if you're in fantasy and sci-fi, world building is exceptionally important because you actually have to build a world. If you're writing um, thrillers, your world building is limited to... Um, right, I've got to come up with my top secret organization that assassinates people for the government. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you've got to come up with your version of Spectre and, and all that sort of thing. You, so, but you don't have to come up with um, the city of London. You, know? mm. you can just use the tube. And, and in these days, you can, even, you can even walk down Google Street View and know exactly where, the, where things are going. Um, so... Uh, the, the, the world building being important, um, I think. I think if you if you've got that big idea, but you're not you're not 100 percent confident that you can um, do it justice yet. Exploring characters in that world is a great way to find out whether or not you can. Um, you know, you can. You, 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 it's it's a great way to explore the world that you want to create. Do some more creation on it, and see if people are interested in that world. Um, and it's it's much smarter to be writing shorter novels than it is to be um, to be banging your head against a wall for for several years um, trying to finish that one big magnum opus. Um, uh, have you heard of um, Patrick Rothfuss? No, I haven't. He's he's a, a an American fantasy writer, and he wrote a book called uh, The Name of the Wind. And he got the sequel out, um, which is uh, a, a Wise Man's Fear. But he's still working on the on the third book. Now he, I think, at the time the Name of the Wind came out, he'd worked on that for fourteen years. Um, and uh, from my perspective, since since Terry Pratchett passed away, he's the he's he's my favourite author in the world. And I would say he's also one of the actual you know he's one of the best authors in the world. Because his his language, his craft is is amazing, um, and it's a it is, it's on a much higher level than than most people. But because it's such a labour of love, um, he he invented currencies for his world, and he even invented currencies that are um, that were historical currencies that he doesn't necessarily need. Um, you know, so he he's got he's got a huge amount of world building, and it is a it's it's a genuine labour of love, but. I don't think most people need to do that. And I also don't think if you, from anything I've seen him say, I don't think he would say to anybody, oh, yes, totally, you should spend 14 years on your first book um, and then another four or five on the next one. And I think he's at six or seven on, on the third one. Um, you know, and he, he's in the same position as George R. R. Martin. People are constantly moaning at him to um, get the next book out. But I'm always sat there thinking, no, 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 you, you take your time because these books are, are so good that I, I, I don't care if it takes him another two or three years. I just want to read the best book that he's, that he's happy with. Um, but I don't think most of us should should be doing that. I think we should buy off manageable projects. How, how was that first book writing experience for you? And, I, and you wrote that one on your own, I think, didn't you, that first one? I, I did, yes, yeah. Um, well, uh, it was... It was um, it was a lot easier than I expected. It took me, it took me quite a while. Um, 
probably six or seven months, I think, in in total. But um, I and and I could have got it out more quickly, but um, I'm not the I'm not the most self disciplined person. So uh, it's it, you know once I sit down and write, I find it it flows fairly easily. Um, and by the time I was I was writing it, uh, I got I got Scrivener um, and. Uh, or at least fairly on, early on in the process, I, I had Scrivener, uh, and I started I started putting the outline in there um, and, and writing in Scrivener, and that that, that definitely did make it easier. Um, but I, I called it the mutilated merchant, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how did it sell then? How, uh... Poorly, poorly. Um, I think I, I looked at it earlier. I think I've made less than three hundred pounds on the book. Um, but I, I've let it lapse. Um, I've, I've since retitled it to thief taker, which is a much less comedy sounding title because, um, the mutilated merchant, it, it sounds, sounds a bit funny and a bit twee. Um, actually it's, it, <laughs> this poor merchant has been horribly mutilated in the process of the murder. It's, it's, it's a punishment killing effectively. Um, yeah, I mean, people who've read it seem to quite like it. Despite the atrocious editing, it's got a good cover though. I like the cover. Yeah, the cover is new. Um, that was done by um, Charlie, who you may have met at, um, at yep. Twenty Books. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, she 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 did a really good job on that. The old one was off Fiverr, and it was actually, you know, for what I paid for it, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and it, and I certainly made my money um, back on it. But the problem with with that book is that. There is no such thing as as a detective fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. the, 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 there's only one person who ever wrote that, as far as I'm concerned, and that's uh, there's lots of um, detective cri- uh, so, sorry fantasy crime novels about about the thieves who are Robin Hood type people. Usually, they, they, they've got some kind of um, some kind of added goodness to them, so that so that they're not just um, you know they're not just horrible thieves and robbers. They're they're, they're usually doing heists and and, and, and being on the tamer end of the scale, but um, uh, the, 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 the there isn't a genre there for detective fantasy, and the only person I can think of who who wrote anything like that was Terry Pratchett, who wrote his um, Watch series about uh, about a commander of the Watch, and that's that's it, it, you know it, it's got a high high com- comedy element, and also you know I wouldn't want to um, I wouldn't put my fantasy book up. And say, oh, it's, it's it's like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nor yeah. nor would I put one up and say, oh, it's like Terry Pratchett, because that's that's asking for people to say, you know, dude, it's it's not anywhere near mm-hmm. <laughs> as good as Terry Pratchett or Lord of the Rings. Why, why are you making that comparison? Um, so it's it, it's hard to sell, which is why I put the series on the back burner um, to, to to concentrate on the other work. And then looking at your row of books on your Amazon author profile. I think they probably tell a story because we, you know, we leap from Thief Taker. I say I do like that cover; I think it's fantastic. And then we've got these three quite clearly sort of space opera kind of books, space marine kind of books with you know spaceships and creatures and things on. And yeah. then also another author suddenly pops up out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> so you know, tell tell me what happened after Thief Taker that moved you into what you're doing now. Well, um, while I was writing um, Thief Taker. Uh, the uh, it, it, it turned out that my brother had been writing um, some some novels himself, um, 
and he'd got uh i think it's i think he's got the first two written and the third one drafted at the, at this stage he's you know he's, he was quite into getting the third one done and i said well james how big are these books and he says oh it's about about 150,000 180,000 words and that sort of thing for for each one so they're serious epic fantasy books um so i i told him that you know well i'm getting into into writing too and i've i've got these um uh, I've got all these indie author podcasts I'm listening to and so on. And, and you know, are, are you, are you going to take this seriously? Because he was, you know, he wanted to to publish, but he wasn't really looking at any of the commercial aspects. Um, so I I turned him on to um, Scrivener. Um, and I was, you know, I, I was reading his drafts and trying to provide what feedback I can Um uh, but that's that's tough on a on a book that's 160,000 words or more. You know, it it it's a lot to uh, it's a lot to go through. Um, so I felt that he was sort of um, it, it was unlikely that he was going to to hit publish anytime soon. Um, and uh, there's a there's a wonderful video that Michael Andley did at a, that he did a talk and um, it's about two years ago, I suppose. And he said that one of the best things that you can do is hit publish. Um, because after that point you have, you, 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 you've done it. It's no longer intimidating. Um, and you, you only then can you sort of start to see how your career can progress. Um, so, and I, I, I wanted James to, um, to, to, to publish his book, but if he was, stuck in editing mode um which is which is not unreasonable considering the length of the book um he, you know it, it it might have taken him a long time to do that so i suggested to him that we write together um and uh we both we were both you know we both got these fantasy series that, that we're writing so it seemed logical to go to another genre entirely um and we we've both always been fantasy and science fiction fans um he's he's a few years older than me so a lot of the a lot of the books that i picked up as a kid uh if they weren't my dad's they were um they were james's so he was giving me his handy down well not giving <laughs> no <laughs> let's rephrase that he was lending me his hand-me-downs um and uh and then they were being carefully replaced <laughs> back, back on his shelves but um so so yeah we we have reasonably similar taste in in fiction, so writing a sci-fi series together seemed like a like a a, a good idea. This strikes me just as a really nice thing to do to work with, you know, your brother or your your sister or or family members. I guess it, it depends how you get on with your family, doesn't it? But you know, I I like that idea. And um, but where where do you start with something like that? Because you've got, I mean, I guess if you're working with somebody you've met at Twenty Books, for instance, and hit it off with, you've, you've got a new relationship. Whereas you guys have got kind of all this baggage from family life. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, to bring with you. And then you've got to find a working relationship out of that, which is very different from a domestic relationship. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we worked together in the, in, uh, in, in the family business before. Um, so um, we, we, you know, we, we've always got on, well, certainly past, past the point we were teenagers, we were, we, we've always got on very well. So that's, that helps. I wouldn't want to do it with a, with a brother where there was no, 
you know, where, where, where there wasn't a good relationship. I think, I think it would be, it, it would be extremely difficult to do it with a family member you weren't close with and, and didn't get on well, well with. Um, and I, and I also think, it, you know, if we didn't have similar tastes, if we didn't have at least one genre that we crossed over in, it would, it, it wouldn't be worth trying to do, to, uh, to do it. Um, but the way, the way we started was I, I had by that time, I'd already, um, I'd already found Chris Fox um, and Right to Market. Um, so what I said to James was, well, I, you know, I, I want this to be my, my living. And I think we should write something that is, that is written to market in as much as we possibly can. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so we ended up doing military sci-fi, which, which is, which is really unfair on Chris Fox, but we, <laughs> uh, because uh, lots of people have done that after reading right to market, but we were, we were looking at, at what we'd write. Um, and in sci-fi, it, there are a couple of things that, that we looked at. One would have been hard sci-fi, but for hard sci-fi, you're, you're back into the same realm as epic fantasy. You're looking at big doorstopper books that really go into a lot of detail. Um, and we didn't want that. We wanted something, we wanted something that could be reasonably short. Um, from uh, originally we were going to go with uh, a series of novellas, but, um, so I, I, I don't know how familiar you are with military sci-fi, but a lot of it is either um, it's it's the future American military, or it's the future um, combined whole whole of the earth military. Um, you know, the, the it's a federation or or, or, or something like that. Um, so we decided we wanted to go for something a little bit different that um, that would hopefully be. Um, uniquely British, so we've gone with Royal Marine Space Commandos. So, um, for for um, for reasons that that, that we know, um, there are still individual nations on Earth, but they're all at peace and uh, and they've all got their own colonies or combined colonies with with other allied nations. Um, and we thought if we if we did that, we could um, we could we could tap a and a market that has been underserved um, and which was just to say, you know, British military in space, there are, there are a few out there, but they mostly focus on, uh, on naval combat. Um, so then we constructed, we, 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 we constructed a world and a, um, and a, a series arc so that we knew what, what was going to happen to these Marines and, and how we were going to follow them through the series before we before we even started writing Commando, we had nine books, um, not not completely outlined, but we had the idea of what each trilogy would focus on, and and, and what the what the threat was that they were going to have to deal with. This is I like this. Is, you're talking about language now because this is nice and formulaic. Nine books, three trilogies. Three trilogies sell beautifully as box sets. Uh, the way you market them, you've always got like a first in a trilogy that you can market. It, you know, it, it, that suits my, uh, the way I like to do things as well. I think trilogies work really well um, yes. as well to sell, don't they? Yeah. So we, we, we conceived it as a, so it, so it will be books one to nine, but the first three books, which we've, um, which we've already completed, those focus on the Royal Marines themselves um, in, and, and, and they're dealing with a conflict on a, a basically a, a, a 
a British colony world gets invaded. So they go to the colony world um, in order to defend it. What they're expecting is it will be what's, what, what they usually deal with in a, in a universe, basically, at peace. Um, they are expecting uh, maybe some, some rebels to, you know, who don't like the current political situation or, or they're expecting space pirates and bandits who are, who are trying to you know, live off the grid and, and steal resources from colonists. But they, t- they turn up and it's, um, it's an alien invasion which is somewhat of a shock to them because they, you know, this is, this is going to be first contact. If, uh, if they're being invaded by aliens, then, then no other, n- none of the other earth powers has, has encountered aliens yet that are, um, that are uh, sapient and able to actually go to war. Um, so the first three books of, of, of follow the Marines, then in the, in the next three books, um, it will focus. It's focusing on the Royal Navy um, and the Marines are still there, but the character focus shifts to people um, who are who are running the ships. Um, and during that arc, they will defeat the initial invasion. And then in the third arc, um, a a new foe arises, um, and they have to ally with the first um, invaders and. It's yeah, it's all going to get quite complicated then. <laughs> I've got to tell but, you, John, I love your covers. When I look at your covers, you can tell I love yeah. sci-fi. They excite me. Just to yeah. look at them. They're, they're brilliant. And um, I've just been, as you know, because I know you listen to the podcast, but I'm working through the Chris Foss, Fox books at the moment. And you've, got all, you've got all the elements there. I mean, you've just played it to the word, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, um, though, I have to thank you for those covers, by the way, because... Um, they they came from your uh, episode ninety four with Dan Bannels. Oh yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I I um, I was listening to that and I I looked up his covers and I thought, oh these are these are quite good. These would probably probably some of these would probably be quite useful for um for for our books. So I showed them to James um, and we picked out uh, one that we liked. So these these were all pre made covers from Dan. So they're very very cost effective. He's done a great job of them. Um, and he's been able to series brand them for us as well, um, which which has been great. And we've got the we've got a fourth cover already booked. We've got we've got another cover um, uh, that we're well. Actually, we're sort of debating whether or not we're going to use it for our reader magnet or for a, for an extra series. Um, James has been fleshing out a, a series that will run parallel to the to to the existing series, um, and that's that's going to feature the. The, the secondary characters who are stuck on the original colony world and how they deal with the fact that the um, the aliens have actually landed a bunch of colonists and have a city there because um, they could bombard it from orbit and destroy it but that's would be morally reprehensible <laughs> so so they're stuck in a situation where where they've got to try and um, and, and and deal with that but it will be uh, there'll be some military stuff in it, I, I, I imagine, but it'll it'll probably be have a lot more politics and so on in it. So it will tap a, a different market, and it, it it will run, as I say, concurrently with um, with some of the um, uh, the books in probably books one to six at the moment. But we'll, we'll see. 
how does this work on a, on a practical basis? You know, I, I, yep. um, you know, again, I've said on the podcast, you know, I, I'm kind of like a lone ranger with my rice. I can't imagine writing with somebody else. Do, you know, do you, do you like write? Oh, I'll do 500 words, and you write the next 500 words. So I just, I just really just don't yep. get how it works. So, can you talk me through it? Absolutely. So uh, we use uh, we 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 looked at Scrivener because we we you know we both have that, but James is a is a Mac user and and I'm a PC user in the main. Um, and everything I've said, I, I've heard a lot of people try and use Scrivener um, for collaboration. And the issue with it is it isn't built for collaboration at all. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't at the moment, um, uh, it doesn't support people working on the same file. So if I, if I were collaborating with you, we could have it on Dropbox. But if you open it at the same time as me, that's probably not going to go down very well. Um, so people have to sort of hand the file back and forth or, or find other ways to work around that. So um, because I listened to the self-publishing podcast, I got StoryShop. Um, so I don't know, have, have, you, have you seen StoryShop yourself at all? Or? Yeah, I got it, but I didn't like it, yeah. to be honest with you. No. I'm, I'm not a fan of cloud-based no. systems for writing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not an issue for me. Um, so... Uh, we, you know, we mostly write from our homes when, when it's not. Um, it's probably because I'm on the train to go and visit James in London or, or he's coming here. Um, and then there are, there are other ways that we can deal with that. Um, I know Story Shop is, they're, they're, they're planning to have an offline mode at some point, but it, 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 it's not there yet. Um, so anyway, so we use Story Shop and, and it has, it has a similar facility to to um to scrivener in that you can create acts um and then you can create chapters and scenes within chapters and so on so what we do is we we outline the the book um and then in story shop we'll put in act one um the the uh the the, the colony of new bristol is invaded the um the royal marines are are summoned by the governor of bristol uh, of new bristol um and um, they arrive and find out what's going on, and then you you work out well what's what's the in, inciting incident. Well, in ours, it's easy because it's you know it's, the, the the aliens have invaded, um, so everything kicks off from there. Um, and then within that, you say, well, okay, so what's what's going to happen? So we say we've got a prologue. In the prologue, um, the colony gets invaded. So it it commando, which is the the, the first book, it starts with. Um, a colonist fleeing through um, through his solar farms that he's he's supposed to be looking after, um, and being shot at by an unknown enemy, um, and then you get a bit with the governor um, who says, "Oh yeah, let's let's we need to send in the marines," um, and and that that's the end of the prologue. But in in uh, in story shop, all that's done in individual documents. Um, so if, for instance, we'd wanted to flip it around the other way, you know, we, 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 you just drag and drop it like you would in Scrivener and, and move the scenes around however you want. And we've, we've got more detailed as we've gone on, um, because James had, um, he pantsed his first, his, his first fantasy books. Um, and I, I said, well, no, we've got, we've, we've got to outline these because we want to have a proper story structure, hence, you know, first we think up a world and then we think up 
you know, the, the, the arc that will cover the first nine books. Um, and we, we have, we have got material that we can use beyond nine books if it's still going well. Um, so we were, we won't, we won't stop at nine, but that's, that's what we're, that's what we're aiming for at, uh, at the moment. Um, so with, with book four, we changed our, our outlining process. We created, um, James wanted something that was a bit more visual to start with. So we used uh, a website called draw.io, which is for doing flowcharts. So we literally have big bubbles that are, you know, one of the big bubbles is act one. And then next to act one, you have, you have the breakdown of every single scene and what's going to happen in it. Um, and then you can have notes saying, ah, oh, this person is, is, is actually a bad guy and, 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 and you don't know it. Um, and then here's some notes about the the, the, the factions and, and what they're doing. And so we, we, we've got that visual thing. And that's that's actually been really good. It's because you can, you know, in, in flow charting software, you can put links between between story elements and so on. Um, and then we transpose that into into story shop uh, and and work from there. Um, and, the, and to so the original thing that I think you were you were interested in was how how are we working together? Well, James James will write a chapter or a sequence of, of or scenes rather. We, we we try and write in scenes because if if you're writing in scenes, you can decide you can decide what the chapters will be um, after the fact. So if a scene runs long or you have to add another scene. Um, you, you you don't want to be locked into well these are supposed to be chapter two well what what, what are these extra scenes you know it's I, I find that faffy so if we write in scenes then we can say yeah these these make a sensible chapter um and then then these other scenes will will make the next chapter and and you know f- finish signing them up in the end but, but basically james will write some of the one of the story threads and i'll, I'll just write other chapters and then when we're finished we edit each other's work um and hopefully we haven't done things like change the sex of a character, which we've done several times. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I'm yeah. interested in consistency of voice because, yeah. um, you know, most people have their little quirks, their catchphrases and things like that. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wondering how obvious it is. I mean, presumably this comes out in the editing process, but, you know, I'm just wondering yeah. how you keep that consistency of voice through the book. Um, well, I, I tend to write, some of the, the certain characters, their their major scenes, I, I tend to write those. James writes more of the of the other characters, so that has helped. Um, but we do we we do need to in in our in in, in the ongoing series, we're going to be um, we're going to be doing a bit more work on on the characterization so that we can um, give more more sort of uh, more sort of I don't know, not catchphrases, but but ways of speaking to particular characters, um, and we'll do that in a very deliberate way to to make it just just improve the quality of the work and um, and make it easier for people to follow which character is is which. Um, one of the things that is is probably a mistake is that we went with full troops of marines, which would be about thirty marines, um, which means you need a lot of character names, <laughs> yeah. um, and and you've potentially got a lot of people to juggle. Whereas you'll find quite a lot of military sci-fi will concentrate on on the starship troopers um, style, where they're always in power armor, um, and and so they're they're extremely powerful individually, and therefore 
you only need four or five in in a squad or whatever. You know, you can have a squad of four or five and they're doing more sort of special forces type stuff. That cuts down the number of characters. And I, you know, I wish we'd done that, <laughs> but we didn't. Um, ours, wear, ours wear power armor only in extreme circumstances. Um, and, and most of the time, the way our Marines are deployed is they are um, a, a, a colony doesn't need a Marines most of the time. So they have some cloning bays um, in which there are, are clones in pods, much like you see them in, in aliens. You see them wake up at the start of aliens in, in pods. Well, if those were clones, then um, what, what happens is the governor says, please send me some Marines. And they, they send the, the minds of the Marines through a tight wormhole link. Um, and those get pushed into the, into the clone bodies. Um, and, then the Marines are effectively there. They're, they're in clone bodies. Um, they get their own facial features and so on. The, 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 the cloning pod adds that as in, in the last few hours of them of being uh, raised up. Um, so uh, I can't even remember why I was telling you that. Well, do you know what? I, I just think, you know, I love sci-fi. It's all, the, yeah. all this stuff. You know, people who like, don't like sci-fi will think, what the heck is he talking about? And I'm there yeah. thinking, all oh, clones, wormholes. Yes. You know, I love it. Well, <laughs> it, it, it gives us some advantages. You've always got to solve the, the, the hyperspace problem. And, we, and, and I said early on to James, I, I, didn't want, I didn't want it to be one of those books where people can get in a spaceship and they can go from Earth to the furthest reaches of the galaxy too quickly. So we said, well, if, if if they're doing it, if they're doing, if they've solved the major problem by having, um, they, they, they've got ships, but the ships take weeks to get between one star system and the next. Um, and certainly not from earth to, to an outer, to, to a frontier planet. They can't, they can't do that in any, um, in any sensible time. So they're faster than light, but they're not, they're not instantaneous, but the wormholes lets you deploy the Marines, um, and, and the citizens. It also lets you kill them more than once. Yeah. Oh, I, I love all this stuff. This yeah. is this, this is right up my street. This stuff. And so the you know the big question is is you've got the books written well done. They look yeah. they look amazing. And say they just excite me. So it's well in my genre. Um, how, how are they going? How how are they selling? How are you doing with it? Um, yeah, do you want some facts and figures? Or yeah, I would love a, love a yeah. few facts and figures. Yeah, go on. Okay, so we we published uh, we published Commando third uh, of March this this year. Um, much to my annoyance, because I'd, I'd really been desperate that we should get it out before the 20 books, London mm. or Runnymede or near London, whatever you want to <laughs> say. Um, but, 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 but we didn't quite manage that. Um, so we got it out a few days um, after the, after the conference. Um, and yeah, so 3rd of March, we made 344 pounds in March um, or $448. If you're, if you're American. That's great. Um, yeah. That's a great start. And then, in April, uh, just just off Commando, still we we were up to eight hundred and fifty eight within April, not not in total. Um, we published Gorilla in on the thirteenth of May, and in May we made fourteen hundred and ninety pounds. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Um, June was two thousand two hundred, um, uh, and then Ascendant came out in July, um, and that. July wasn't a great month for us, but it, it, it dropped back down to 2034. But August was fantastic. We got 2,771. Wow. Um, and then last month, September, was 2,312. So we've made £12,000 or 15500 US dollars since March. 
That's that is brilliant. Congratulations yeah. on that. Now, um, what I want to dig into here, this is this this is interesting because one of my pain spots, uh, personal pain spots at the moment, is that you could do something like a book club and you get some great income off it. But to me, yeah. the, the, the trick is to do what you're doing, which is to have these two thousand pound months, month in, month out. That to me is a cleverer thing to achieve as an author. Um, so how are you doing that? How are you keeping those consistent sales? Well, first I'll say if I had a couple of your book clubs, I would be, or even one, I would be hugely charmed. So, um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. What, what you're looking for is consistent income because, you know, you get a couple of peaks. That's that's not reliable. It, 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 it is wonderful, but you you do not want to be quitting your job if you've, um, you know, if, if if it's going to go back down to a £500 month one, one month. Um, so uh, we've used... Um, AMS ads um, uh, quite quite heavily, and they they've been very successful for us, particularly in the UK, um, and they're very very cheap as well. Um, you, you you can definitely overspend on them by setting high bids, but I don't really think that you need to do that. Um, I think I think you should always start with with very low bids, and I think having your AMS ads running. Uh, constantly um, means that it, 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 it will it will help you make sales and making sales means that you find a consistent level at which Amazon is going to try and sell your book. Um, so uh, you know, but you'll but you'll note that we we didn't really increase that much um, after the release of, of Ascendant, which was in mid July, and it's now the end of September. Um, so uh, we, we've got some work to do. Um, I've, uh, I've got, uh, I've got Brian Cohen doing the, uh, book description for, um, Commando. And after I've got that one back, which should hopefully be in a week or so, um, then I'm going to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the others done as well. And, and I got a package of him in his, in his recent sales. So I'm, I'm you know, I've got plenty of, um, book descriptions to come and I want to see whether or not that will increase sales of Commando um, hopefully it will because I'll be the first to admit I don't think the book description is great um, uh, yeah. Can I ask you how much you're spending on those ads roughly you know what's your kind of spend to income sort of ratio um, Yeah we, well uh, I know I know you're not you're not really supposed to go by ACOS because it's not it's not very reliable um, but we've been spending 50, 75, 100 pounds a month. We haven't been spending dramatic amounts. Wow, to um, create that income, that's brilliant. Yeah, um, the, the, the UK has been a lot better for us because the ads have been cheaper. Um, they're also handily, um, they're less complicated because you don't have to write a sort of a tagline um, to, to, to sell the, 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 the sponsored product ads in, in the UK. It just doesn't have that feature in the UK. So you're just going by book cover. Um, so uh, fortunately, that, uh, with that thing with Brian Cohen, there it, it includes 10, 10 sort of um, Amazon ad um, taglines that you can that you can use, and I, I don't like writing those because it's really hard. Um, so I'm I'm definitely going to be testing those out on the on the US platform to see to see how those work. But they could also be useful um, with Facebook ads, which we haven't done much of. Um, but we're um, last. Uh, 
Actually, I can't remember. Was it last weekend? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the, the last weekend. It was the weekend before last. I was down in in London with uh, with James, and we were working on um, uh, on finishing off re-edits on uh, on Ascendant. Um, so we're we're now setting up a. Um, uh, so we're we're setting up our own uh, our own. Uh, company or at least our own brand for the time being we're not doing the actual company straight away the reason being that we've got we've got our own mailing lists but our profitable work our most profitable work is 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 the royal marine space commandos series and we didn't want to set up one called royal marine space commandos because a it's incredibly long as a url um and and B, I've heard Michael Anderley say, I wish I hadn't done the Cathurian Gambit. I wish I'd gone for a, a publishing um, house. Um, so we've we're setting up um, imaginarybrother.com, um, <laughs> and that is based off the fact that James um, was a little bit shy at Twenty Books in London, and people weren't entirely convinced he existed. <laughs> so. Um, I asked for suggestions and um, Katie Forrest, uh, who's, who's, who's one of the lovely writers I, I met there. Um, uh, she, she suggested imaginary brother as a joke. And we, we've, we've gone with that. So it's nice. Um, it's got a good story as well, which is, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's only a publishing company name. So as long as it isn't, as long as it isn't, you know, I don't know, offensive or, or awful. And it, it, it actually, the, the domain was, fine there weren't any problems with that and nobody else is really using it apart from a few people talking about um about uh small children's imaginary friends so you know i like it it works really well <laughs> yeah i, I gotta ask you um when i was talking to claire sager and um, i sort of heard about these ams ads in the uk but could i work out how to do them and claire shared a document that i think you'd shared with her um, yes outlining how to do them now i, I need to ask you because you're the source of that document am i allowed to share that is that like something that's shared uh, yeah, among, it, privately among people or is it something that i'm allowed to share openly no uh, uh, as far as i'm aware it's it, it's perfectly okay to share it was um i think it was linked in i, I think i i saw it linked in um brian meeks's um, mastering Arms and ads group but it was but it was leaked it, it was linked from somewhere else it wasn't um it, you know, it wasn't his uh, his personal um, guide or something. It was somebody something somebody else wrote. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was handy for getting AMS UK ads set up. And if you're trying to sell books in the UK and you aren't using AMS ads, uh, and you 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 can get get the account set up and working, uh, you absolutely should. Well, I set I set it up from unless you're doing military sci-fi, in which case I'd rather you did. It doesn't work with military sci-fi. Just leave no, it obviously not. No, no, <laughs> only for us. <laughs> so I, I set it up. I worked through the document. I set it up, and um, I couldn't quite get my head around it because um, you just sort of put your book on, and and I can't actually see anything. Is that right? I, I don't. It just seems a bit bizarre to me having done the normal Amazon ads. I don't see any preview or anything. Um. Uh, how, how 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 do you mean? Because when 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 you set up a sponsored product ad, you you know you have to select the the book that you want to yes. to advertise, yeah. And you you manage to find that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I've done that. So yeah, uh, so I've, I've I've done an ad for a book, but, yeah. But I don't have to write anything, and it just sort of I, I think they say don't put keywords on even at the beginning, don't they? Uh, 
Oh, I didn't see say anything about that, but you should certainly be putting in as many keywords. I mean, I would fill it to a thousand if you can. Okay, and that's the um, old Dave Chesson, get your KDP rocket out, is it? I have KDP rocket, and, and, and I worship at the altar of KDP rocket, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. I think that's probably the, the step I've missed. I only half-arsed it, John, uh, yeah, yeah, no, just, no, no. just to get it set up and, and sort yeah. of, right, I'll come back to that and look at it, but... You know, yeah. too many people are telling me about these AMS ads in the UK. In fact, I'm, I, yeah. I, I probably won't share that link. I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, set set the bids low, though. Set the bids low like because the, low. Pe- yeah, literally pennies low. Because start with that, unless you've got unless you've got money to to spend. And the only reason I say that is because um, I have found the 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 numerical value of the bids is much lower in is much lower in the UK. So so two or three pence or five pence can work out well. Whereas in the U S you might need to be at 15 or, or 25 cents. Um, and you shouldn't be taking advice from me on, on any of those figures, but you should, you should be experimenting. Uh, I think I would say you should experiment at the lowest amount. You, you, you can just to see what's going on first. Um, but I don't think, you know, I, I think most of our successful bids are about four to six P in the UK. So, I mean, I, I suspect that, that presumably that will change depending on what keywords you're using. Um, so it could be very different in, in different genres. Um, but it's, um, it, it's definitely worth starting low. Um, I know Brian Meeks as well as was also advised there, there's an option now and it's, it's now on the U S one as well, where it, it will increase your bids by 50%. Um, if it will, if it will get you the, the, the bid, he recommends not using that because, um, uh, he's saying he, he basically says if you if you're tracking your Amazon ads diligently as as he would recommend, um, then you'll you'll get you, you you don't want the bid price to change. You want the bid price to be consistent for the length of time that you're yeah. tracking that ad, so you can see exactly what's going on. Um, he's he's at least twice as clever as I am, and certainly knows a lot more about data than I do. So I I, I haven't gone to those lengths yet, um, but I'm I'm in his group. I've got his book and and i fully intend to do that as soon as i'm i'm full time i'll start i'm going to start trying to do it exactly as uh, as as brian meeks and mark dawson say because um why wouldn't i do that (laughs) exactly yeah um i'm really um interested in this because you know i always say about my book it's very nice to have a book but but actually you know my pain spot is 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 achieving you know if you can get two thousand a month consistently then yeah. you're, to me, that's a bigger trick. You know, it's it's smoke and mirrors book clubs. They bring in great income months, which means you can get edits done and covers and things like that. But actually, what I want is that kind of consistency. If I was getting two to three thousand pound months, I would be very happy with that. Um, yeah, we've got to get those fits and starts out. Now, there's no you're not sort of not telling me anything here, are you? This is this is this is you know right to market consistent covers AMS ads pre- uh, predominantly UK. So anything in that mix that you haven't mentioned to me? Uh, oh, I don't, I don't think so. I'm certainly not telling you anything that's original. You know, I'm getting all my information and, and, and ideas from, from, from other people. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think if we got, have we got anything else that, that, that we're doing? Um, uh, not, not as such. I mean, I've tried book bar bads, but I haven't put in the effort to, and, and I don't mean getting a book bub. I mean the actual yes. uh, paperclip ads. Um, I haven't put in the actual effort to experiment with them because are, are they're you very wide. I, should, I haven't asked you that. Are you wide? No, 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 
no, no, no. That's see, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with people going wide, but I mean, my, my thing is, I, the, the KU market for military sci-fi is good. There's, there's, there's plenty of people uh, want it on, on KU. That's a whole big market, um, and I, I don't think we'll take the, the books wide unless they start to not sell well enough on Amazon. Um, I, I would like to go wide at some point, but I'm not interested in making a, um, you know, sort of a moral and ethical uh, point of doing that. I'm, I'm interested in reaching as many people as possible. I'm not particularly bothered if they are on Kobo or, or um, Amazon, not particularly interested in being with Barnes and Noble since they don't, they don't sell their e-reader in the UK anymore. So I don't personally have any interest in supporting them. Um, but uh, I, I, I want to, I want to be doing this full time. Um, so the Amazon audience is is big. It's it's good for our genre. So I'm I'm, I'm not planning. You know, we're not planning to take it out there um, anytime soon. I suppose I could take the um, I could take the Edwin Loft mysteries out because they don't sell anyway. So, <laughs> 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 um, but I'm hoping to get to the next. You know, as soon as I go go full time i will i will try and get some more of those out and then once there's several books it, it, they they will hopefully be um, more appealing and it will be uh, financially worth my time writing them as opposed to you know because right now if i were, if i was to write an edrin loft mystery it would detract from me writing books with james and and slow down the publication of those and we we've, we've already hit a hit a bit of a road bump um because of um uh, uh because at the end of August, we got contacted by Podium, um, and they said we'd like to do your books. So I got a I got a message on the on the uh, oh was it the end of August or was it the end of July? I'm not deliberately lying to you there. I just I just can't remember which month it was. But um, James was coming down for the weekend to do because we have we, we we try and meet up because you know we're brothers and we should be doing that anyway. But also it, it, now we have. You have the books to write together and outline together and so on. So it's it's really helpful to be um, in the same space. Usually we're on Slack. or um, In fact, he's he sent me a Slack message right now, so I'm going to sarcastically respond in a minute. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was on the interview, which which you were too, too um, shy to do. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, he, uh, so they they contacted me on, on Facebook on the Thursday because uh, – and, and here's a really good tip, I think, for you all make sure that you do actually have some proper contact details on your website or a contact form, because if Podium contacts you, 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 you don't want them to contact you and say, well, I had to contact you on Facebook, so I hope you don't mind, because it said on your website the best place to contact you was Facebook. And I was like, oh, God, it does, doesn't it? And I, I was thinking of fans. It never occurred to me that anybody else would care. If it's a, yeah, to, to this is what I call frictionless marketing, John. When you hear me go about yeah. lack of friction – don't yeah. make it hard for anybody. That's yeah, absolutely. I was thinking I, I, I want the fans to go to the Facebook page. Great. <laughs> that's that's good. I wasn't really thinking other authors or anybody would, 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 would care to get in, in touch with me. So I, I need to change that. But um, So since then, we've gone through a whole editing process on Commando, Gorilla, and Ascendant, which are the first three books that are already out. And that's meant that we haven't had enough time to do much on... Um, on gunboat which will be the, the fourth book and the first first one that sort of focuses on the royal navy um and um and and for anybody who's listening who's thinking but gunboats are just they're, they're they're just boats with big guns on that are supposed to bombard 
um, bombard uh, uh, fixed positions on shore like ports and, and things. You're absolutely right. And, and and there is a reason that it's a gunboat and not a serious uh, uh, military ship that they're in. It's because, you know, if they had a nice big battleship, that's a bit easy. Um, so well, anyway, yeah. buy the book to find out. Won't you? That's the. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, there there is a reason. And it's and it's not just because we don't know the difference between a magazine and a clip or whatever. You know, it's it's. Um, so, yeah, so the so the podium deal was I mean, that was a massive shock to us. We we. James came down on the Thursday. Uh, sorry, he came. He was coming down on the Friday. I got, I got the contact on the Thursday and spoke to James. We did a conference call on the Friday evening, and by the Tuesday, we'd, we'd signed for them to do the um, Royal Marine Space Commandos books. Um, and so all the all the re-edits that we wanted to do are finished. We added about... Uh, hang on. Uh, Gorilla went from 54,000 words up to... 71 and a half because we added in a bunch of things that we'd originally thought about but when we first wrote gorilla we decided well we don't really need we don't really need these story threads because they're, they're not focused on it we've got enough of the novel it's it's significantly longer than commando which is a novella of about thirty-four thousand words um so we went with that but our our, our new editor said you know, you, you, you spoke about the kids. They're, they're going to fly drones around the colony and try and find the bad guys and do surveillance. But but you never actually had that story thread in. So did you want to add it? And we said, and James said, no, no, I think we're okay. And I said, no, 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 I'll, let's let's write it. You know, <laughs> so I persuaded him that we should write it. And we added like 15,000 words, which, by the way, is is really good on Amazon. It's it's very, very good for, um, for um, Kindle page reads. Um, so if you if you've been thinking, oh, I should I should add a story thread I'd thought about for that book. Um, just do it. Don't 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 sit there thinking, oh, I shouldn't rewrite my old book. You know, polish it up if it, if it's going to improve it. And these story threads, by the way, you know, our, our editor likes them. Um, so I've, you know, it's not just us going, well, we'll try this, and then they've gone, no, no, those story threads don't work. We um we're, we're happy that they expand the story they give more characterization they you know they they really improve it um so they it it's gonna it's gonna really help the book going forward it, it significantly improves the book um ascendant we really didn't have to add much to but we did have to fix a couple of um a couple of sex changes <laughs> uh and we had to talk about space monkeys a bit more for a for a reader magnet that, um, um, that, that I wrote um, the weekend before last. Um, so, well, look, this is a, this is a brilliant success story. Congratulations on that. I wasn't aware of the podium. That, it's just just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You know, well done. Um, you're, you've you've referred several times there to you know doing this as a living. Final yeah. question: How far off are you that you know? How, what's it going to take for you to be able to do it for a living? Well, I've got to split the money with with James. Um, so. Um, uh, it, it, it's not, it's not enough to, um, to, to live on for, for most people. Um, you know, we're talking, we're talking, we're, we're doing over 2000 pounds a month. So, so my share of that is, you know, is, is 1000 to 1150, something like that, maybe a bit more. Um, however, previously I was working for a, um, small charity, um, and, uh, I was only on, only on a part-time salary anyway so i can actually i can actually make that switch anytime i want 
Um, I'm, I'm just trying to exit from that charity gracefully without them, you know, because it is a small charity. Um, if I, if I stop volunteering there and working there, the, you know, it, it would be very bad for them um, because there's nobody to sort of to take over and do the things I'm doing for them. So it, it's as soon as I can physically manage it. And what, I, what I'll probably be doing is in, in a couple of months, just, just pulling back the amount of hours I'm, I'm, um, I'm at the charity and then I can invest that into my other career. So, um, so yeah, basically I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, but, but only because I have <laughs> only because I have very few needs. I don't have children or a wife or, or, uh, an active social life to worry about. My, my social life is I go to the cinema and I have a, I have a membership card for that. So that's not really, <laughs> my expenses are not, uh, are not dramatic. Um, Except that now I am going to Twenty Books Vegas. Oh, fantastic! Previously, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I got a, a ticket that somebody had to let go of. Good but, for you. Yeah. You know, I don't go on holiday, so you know this will be the first time in about ten years that I've left the country for a holiday. So, you know, it's not it's not extravagant, and it's a work thing anyway. You know, it. Um, if, you, if there's any of your listeners haven't been to a, a conference, they should. They should absolutely go to a conference. Um, the Twenty Books Conference is is, is what persuaded James to. Um, it's, it's where he first saw and, and was convinced of the, of the commercial possibilities that, that you can make a living, um, in the indie world, because up until then, it was mostly his brother saying, no, no, we can, we can do this, Jed, we can do this. But, um, you know, he, he, unlike me, he doesn't have, he, he has a wife and, and a serious job, um, full-time job. And, 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 you know, so he, he has a lot more commitments to worry about he doesn't have time to listen to all the podcasts like i do and i and i have i've got 22 podcasts on my oh. <laughs> on my list you deserve a uh, medal. <laughs> yeah um so yeah I've, I've i've listened to all of the podcasts um and and a lot of youtube um channels as well so um yeah so i'm i'm i'm, I'm champing at the bit to 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 get going because when i when i do i can increase the pace of our production on the on the space commandos series. Um, and then I can get some more of my own pet projects out as well. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we've started to set up the, the imaginary brother that I talked about. And the, the reason for that is because we've got ma- our own mailing lists. So the reader magnet that we've written, we're going to, we're going to use that on book funnel on the publishing company and try and then run proper campaigns because our mailing lists are so small that, that they're not good for launching books they're not you know they're not they've got no power to them because we've under invested time in in that aspect of marketing um so uh yeah i'm I'm looking forward to having that um having that all set up hopefully by the time by the time anybody listening to this podcast when 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 you got up um by the time anybody gets to look at the imaginary brother website the 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 problems with it with it will have been fixed and it'll all be working properly that was indie author john evans who co-writes with his brother james so you can find out more about john at johnevansbooks.com next week i'm talking to julie stock who is an indie author of contemporary feel-good romance from around the world she writes novels novellas and short stories that's coming up next monday and i'll be back on saturday as per usual with another paul's podcast diary until then bye-bye for now Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, 
or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.